0: Welcome to Living a Sensory Life, a podcast that I've started talking all things sensory. So my name's Becky, I'm the founder of Sensory Spectacle and I've run this podcast to teach you all about sensory processing disorder. We're going to be interviewing people, we're going to be sharing strategies, I'm going to be giving you research and I'm also going to be explaining things to you so that you can help to understand the child or adult you care for or support just that little bit better. So when is a fidget a distraction? Very commonly asked by teachers, or um oh, if I give one student something, all of the students will want it. That's right. It looks exciting, it is exciting, it's fun, it's engaging. There's something that they're missing out on if they don't have it. And so it is then really important for us to know when that fidget may well be getting in the way of someone then learning or regulating themselves and focusing. Now, we know if someone has sensory processing difficulties, they may well be a sensory craver. And so a sensory craver is someone who craves sensory input. So they may be constantly seeking, craving that movement or craving that moving of their fingers, that fidgeting with something. And for a craver, we know that the more they are supporting themselves, so the more they're getting that thing that they're looking for, so they're fidgeting with that object, the more we notice that it doesn't actually support them to regulate. Now, that's only relevant to cravers. And so if you know that your child or your student is a sensory craver, then it is something that you need to be aware of. But for many, many people, fidgets are incredibly supportive to someone's learning. We know that for anyone neurotypical um, or someone with an additional need, if we have something, if we're using our fingers and fidgeting with something or our toes and fidgeting with something, we are helping to stimulate our brain to stay alert and focused and that's exactly what we want we want our students to stay focused on the activity or task that we've set out for them so for some people having a tangle or having a specific fidget will really really help them to stay engaged in the classroom and focused on the task they're being asked to do Yes, for some students, it will distract them, but that's where you will notice actually that's not supporting them. So it's okay to take it away if you're noticing that it's not helping them to remain focused. Now, your students will show how they are focused in lots of different ways. So again, it is really important that you're able to build up that relationship with your student to really know how they appear when they are focused and regulated so that they can take in the instructions of what they're being asked to do. Fidgets work because our muscles and our joints are being stimulated and sending brain messages to our brain to help us to stay alert. So a fidget may be something in my hand, it may be something that I stare at, it may be something that I run under my toes. It doesn't have to be something that spins around, it doesn't have to be something that I wrap around my fingers. It's really important that we find a fidget or a way of supporting someone that is specific to their needs. When I was at school, Stress balls came out. Now, stress balls, the name revolves around it. Stress, squeezing something to take out all of that stress. However, that is a fidget. That is something to help us to um, stay regulated. We're removing that stress. We're squeezing it out of our hands by squeezing this ball. And so we know that they're incredibly effective. So fidgets don't work for everyone. And it's really important for us to accept that and acknowledge that. However, for a large proportion of people that we are supporting, so people with sensory processing difficulties, whether they have another diagnosis or not, it's likely we will recognize that having short, quick activity changes while they are doing work will help them to remain focused for longer. So we're keeping our brain alert by changing up those activities. So for someone who needs something between their hands and their fingers in order to focus. So when you're at school, it may have been that you chewed on the end of the pen or you had the pen lid between your fingers that you were rolling it or some blue tack. We would have found a way of being able to provide that sensory input to support ourselves. So. It's exactly the same when we're thinking about hand fidgets with people with sensory difficulties. Maybe you change the fidget after short chunks of work to help them to stay alert. Maybe you feel that that change in fidget actually helps them to remain focused for longer. Some people have structure where they have a fidget drawing um, while... Instructions are being communicated, so the teacher or lecturer explaining something to them. And then the fidget isn't there while they're actually working. Other people require the fidget while they're concentrating on their work as well. And so it's really important, like I've been saying, that you really do know that person's specific needs. And we don't embellish our perceptions of what their needs are onto them. So if you, for example, might feel distracted if you had it, it doesn't mean that they are. So we shouldn't take it away because you feel distracted. We should observe them and make sure that we are supporting that person to the best that we can. So how do you know when it's not working? You will know if a fidget is effective or not If that person is finding it difficult to focus, so if they have become distracted with that object, if they aren't able to complete their work or to complete the task that they are doing, if they are up and about and moving because their engagement hasn't been grasped. So, it may be that someone's become quite disruptive, it may be that um, someone has become overwhelmed, and that's when a fidget may be not the right thing. And that, that might be when we're, we're supporting someone who's a sensory craver, so they engage, they love the fidget to begin with, but then we notice over a period of time, after they've been fidgeting with it, that actually it's really not supporting them to regulate. And so, we're noticing that actually there's there's dysregulation, there's difficulty in order to be able to focus and they're so focused on that object or emotionally bound to that object. So we will know quite obviously if that fidget is supportive or not. You will see through their behaviours, you'll see through the things that they're doing and you'll see through the relationships that they have within the classroom has their personality changed, has the way that they do things changed while they have that fidget with them. You may want to have fidgets for certain times of day, so it might be for transitions, it might be for certain work. But otherwise, it's really, really important to remember that fidgets can be highly beneficial. If you're noticing that a fidget isn't supporting someone, like I was saying, if they become distracted or they're becoming overwhelmed from this object, you could try a different type of fidget, a different sensory element to it. It might be that they need something a bit more intense. So maybe something that vibrates or massages. It might be that they need something that has a rougher texture. It might be that they need something that is a certain color or reflectiveness. There's so many different ways that we can use a fidget to support learning. So try something different, try something new. If you feel that a a fidget is supportive for that person. If not, if you're noticing that behaviors are escalating and it's, it's very difficult for that person to focus on their work or their task, then remove the fidget and try and add structure back in to the session, so short sharp activities, keep them alert through changes in activities and think about how you can use that concept of a fidget, but through physical work rather than through the object. Now, one thing that I do want to say about fidgets is we can't just expect someone to know what to do. So sometimes we have to demonstrate that. So if you're a support worker, if you're a teaching assistant, When you have a resource of sensory items or fidgets, you may have a box or a bag. It's not about just putting the box or bag in front of someone and letting them choose. It's about thinking about that person's sensory needs. But it's also about us demonstrating how effective that item can be. So if you have two of the same things, that's what's really great. So you can have one, they can have one, and you don't need to talk. You don't need to do anything to specifically teach. You need to demonstrate. And so you may be sitting side by side, and you have this thing in your hand. So let's say it's a koosh ball and you're fidgeting with that koosh ball, but you're also showing signs of being alert. So you're looking at the teacher or towards where the teacher is. You're playing with this thing in your hand, whether you are pulling the strands, whether you're passing it from hand to hand, whether you're rolling it on the table, but you're demonstrating how you use that object in a safe and sensible way to support regulation. You might run it up and down your arms. Think about the sensory needs of the person you're supporting again. So do they like tickles? Do they like rough surfaces? Do they like things that move? Do they like weight changes, so passing from hand to hand? That will then help you to think about how you can use that object to support their needs. Once they've observed you, now you, like I said, you don't need to, to tell them to watch you through experience. So time and time again, you will do exactly the same thing. You'll just demonstrate how you would use that object to help focus. They will learn from you. You'll notice that they will try things out. They will experiment. They will do things with that object. It's not about using that time to interact to have a conversation because that would be defeating the point of them focusing and attending on the teacher. It's about you just demonstrating. So ignore any other social contact that the student may have with you about the fidget, if they're asking other things, and obviously you carry on supporting them in the way you usually do. But about the fidget, you carry on listening to the teacher, passing the kush ball from hand to hand, whatever you're doing with it so that then that young person can learn from you. And this is something that really does get forget forgotten. We we just think, oh you know what, yeah, I just I can get all those resources, pop them there, sorted. But it's not about that. We we need to remember that we have to teach these skills. We have to support some of our young people and adults to know how to regulate, to know how to use certain items and resources. One of the many reasons why we see people with sensory processing disorder just getting up and about and walking and picking objects up and licking things and smelling things and poking things and throwing things is not only because they're curious about that object, but they're thinking about their own sensory needs and what could they use that object to support themselves. And so we need to, in the same way as when we try and manage that situation we need to manage how we can help to teach them to use certain fidgets in an appropriate way as well. So fidgets can be a distraction, but most of the time they're not. We do need to make sure that the fidget is personalized to the needs of that student and that we're able to help to teach them how to use a fidget appropriately. This podcast was brought to you by Sensory Spectacle. You can find out more about our immersive training and workshops on our website, SensorySpectacle.co.uk. We educate about and create awareness of sensory processing disorder internationally. We travel the world helping parents and professionals to understand specific characteristics relating to sensory processing needs. On our website, you'll find books, sensory support items, classroom resources, as well as information about our trainings. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. We love to hear from you, but otherwise, thanks for listening.